Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 99 of the Need to Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, EZ, and I'm joined by Patty the Batty. What's up, Patty? How's it going, bud? Patty the Batty. Patty, how, you, how you been? Rocket. What? How have you been? Oh, I've been good. I've been good. Busy. Busy. Did you, did you Barbie Heim? Uh, or is that today? I don't know when Barbie Heim happens. Uh, Barbie happens today. We gotta figure out a time for Oppenheimer. Oh, you're not Barbie Heiming. I thought I thought you were oh, not, Barbie not, I thought so too, but like Saturday's pretty busy and like we are I we have now everything is finished at the new place and so like I'm starting to move office stuff. So I think the next time I record will actually be in you know, the new space. We should have worn like pink today. So Opportunity missed, man. I actually don't know if I have a pink shirt right now. I know I have one someone somewhere, but... I had one that... I haven't bought a new one since, but it was like this really bright pink. And it just didn't fit me, so I gave it to my mom. <laughs> you know what? I definitely have a pink tank top or two. Nice. Well, we're not talking about Barbie Heim today. Uh, you know, we... Are not talking about nuclear secrets today. We're talking about uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the OG Peter Jackson award-winning trilogy that took the world by storm. But before we do that, we want to remind people that we do run a fantasy football league for the Heezy Game Media. Uh, Patty B is commissioner because I don't like doing it. Uh, Patty B, you have an announcement of the platform we'll be using this year. Drum roll. Yep. So um, we tried a po- very popular fantasy football platform, but I had multiple issues last year with people like losing access to their accounts and things. Um, so we're going to be moving back to Old Faithful Yahoo. There's there are some silly, tricky things you can do with your rosters that I don't like on on that platform, but um, it, it, I think it runs uh, smoother, and so we'll be moving back there. Yahoo! Speaking of fantasy football, for the last weeks, uh, Spencer's been so excited uh, about DeAndre Hopkins wearing that that red, white, and blue. And let me tell you, man, not only is he not going to wear it, uh, I mean, he actually is going to wear red, white, and blue. It's just for the wrong team. Um, but uh, it sounds like Dalvin Cook is not getting a tryout with the Patriots, uh, even though they're the betting favorites to land him. And uh, instead, Leonard Fournette is working out today. Interesting. That sounds like a Bill Belichick move, right? Get the cheaper guy. Yeah. With the, uh, yeah. I mean, you could get Leonard Fournette on a vet minimum. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. We have a bunch of cap space, so it doesn't make a ton of sense. But you know, if- yeah, that was that was kind of what like my argument was with like why it might take Zeke and 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 Dalvin Cook. I think we talked about it before, right? It's like. They're waiting for camp, maybe like a camp injury, but like there are options like Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette out there that are cheaper that you might get similar yeah. production yeah. from. So, totally fair. If you want to have these conversations about running backs and why they are so valued in fantasy and not so valued in you know the real world, uh, you know, head on over to the Heezy Game Media Discord. This, not this Thursday, not today is the time of the recording, but Thursday after when you're listening to this, uh, we will be doing a Smash Night. 
uh, in the Discord. So if you have Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and want to jam some games, uh, we'll have an arena up and, and people can play. Uh, with with that too, we are looking for one more person. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. We are we're we have I think we have nine right now. So if you'd like to join, go to the Discord, um, message me, and we'll we'll get you invited. Yeah, uh, Adrian Carr uh, has historically played that I don't know that he's playing. Right. Uh, he was looking for a league too. If uh, you want to reach out to him, Patty. Oh, okay, cool. One of the uh, CCMTG listeners. Yeah. Uh, Nerd fact of the week. Every week on the show, we like to give you a little bit of a fun fact. Um, and this one is interesting. So uh, every year at the, after the Oscars, I think Vanity Fair throws a pretty big uh, after party where all the celebrities that went to the Oscars go to and kind of celebrate. And, all, you know, the the cast uh, and uh, crew of Lord of the Rings did actually not go to the Vanity Fair party. They instead went to a fan website party and just rolled on up just the entire group on this cast party after sweeping the Oscars, after winning in every single category they were in for, setting records for the most Oscars won. That, to me, is wild. Like, I cannot be the... Imagine being, like... I, I host, like, you know, small gatherings of, of people. Uh, I've thrown CCMTG parties when CCMTG hit, I think, 100 episodes. We did a, a pretty big party. I think on 200 episodes, we did a pretty big party. And I just can't imagine, I, I can't imagine just, like, throwing a party and having Elijah Wood and Sean Austin just, like, roll on up. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, so, okay, so it wasn't, like, that, that's wild. Like, I could see, like, people, like, being uh, too hip for the, the Vanity Fair thing, but... Yeah, some someone our size that would be that'd be crazy. It's bigger than it's bigger than us, but I mean, it yeah. was like a, a fan website. Um, what I think I think what's interesting there's an interview you can watch where I think Elijah Wood is talking about this, where he just says that it was like one of the best nights ever, like getting to sell it. Like you just spent X amount of time in New in uh, New Zealand and getting to celebrate with these people after three years of watching these movies come out um, that meant so much to them and meant so much to you rather than kind of this um, ostentatious uh, thing thrown by Fendi Fair, it made it feel more real to him. And I don't know. I just think that's mm. really cool. Yeah. It's, it's authentic. Like you, you're, you're celebrating with the people that actually like supported your, your work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do you do you want to do the other fun fact, or should we move past it? Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's something that it's uh, nerd fact adjacent, um, kind of with the, the cast not doing traditional things. Um, I love that the Oppenheimer cast walked out of the premiere um, due to the SAG actors during the writer's strike. It happened while that premiere was happening. Um, you know, and they went off to go paint their signs. So. Um, we are in solidarity with the writers and the SAG actors. Um, it's a it's a big deal, and I'd say uh, support the all the projects that are coming out now, so that they have some bargaining chips to to help. Yeah, in, in all honesty, like um, I was I was talking to somebody, and you know, we probably won't be reviewing new movies 
or new content as long as these strikes are going on. Um, you know. Yeah, we gotta check and see like what because they haven't ban- they haven't. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they, that, they like, have lines. Part of, like promotion. Yeah, they, that's that's the thing is that they don't want you promoting stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So, so not, now's not, a good time to go visit local theater. Yeah. So like you, well, not only that, like you can still go to to the things that they're in that have already been produced, but there's a promotion that I think that they they want stopped. So, yeah, okay. uh, you know, we probably will we'll just follow what they're what they're saying. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any intention of joining SAG in my lifetime. I'm sure you don't either, Patty. But oh, you do. Okay. No, no. Like I don't. I don't know. All right, I like, like, I just, I just, that's not the area of like media that I want to be in. Um, yeah. and I, I certainly, you know, I, but I will say that, like, you know, I want these people that we on the show, right? We produce content about the things that they're doing. And so for me, it's really important that, that we're supporting them in their means to make a living. Um, you know, I can't imagine living in LA on sixty thousand dollars or whatever crap yeah, negotiations say. Yeah, even less than that, right? You have to have, make like twenty six k to get healthcare, and most people don't have healthcare. Yeah, like so, it's it's just pretty wild. Uh, let's go on to our main topic though, and that is the wonderful world created. By the man himself, the wonderful J.R. Is it J.R.R. Tolkien? Tolkien? Yeah, two R's. Yep. Two R's. J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings is a trilogy that takes place after his first book, The Hobbit. Fun fact that could have also been included, The Hobbit was rewritten. The original version is not the version that you might pick up in a store today. And it was rewritten when Lord of the Rings was created to have it match a little bit better. Uh, in fact, there's a line, there's a line in uh, in um, the Winter Soldier TV show. Like, I read The Hobbit when it came out. Was not the Hobbit that you, Patty B, read in school. And what was... Do you, do you know the line I've had? What was... No, the, the line is... I, he... Uh, did I say the Winter Soldier? Yes. I meant the, twin, the <laughs> I meant Falcon. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So when they're they're standing there outside of uh, they're getting ready to leave, and he's like, you know, we fight wizards. He's like, what do you know about wizards? And he says, I read The Hobbit when it came out, uh, and that that book that he read uh, when it came out was not the same book that we read in school. The, mm. the book has changed. Uh, to have it fit the Lord of the Rings a little bit better. But the Lord of the Rings follows the adventures of what of the Fellowship of the Ring, the title of the first book, through their adventure to go and destroy the ring found by Bilbo Baggins and the Hobbit that has turned out to be the Ring of Power created by Sauron. Uh, it's it's an epic it's an epic tale. It, high fantasy in the highest level uh, where, you know, we see fell beast dragon-like things. We see elves, orcs, dwarves, halflings, hobbitses, um, that just are uh, full of life and character. And while the 
the movie adaptation isn't 100% true to the books because, you know, there are certain characters that maybe don't matter and we don't need songs every single, you know, little bit of the story. Uh, Tom Bombadil matters. No, it isn't. Uh, it is truly a captivating experience and we're excited to talk about it today. If for some reason, in some universe, you are listening to this podcast and have not watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. You have two options. You can go home. You can watch them. Uh, you can watch the theatrical widescreen version. Or or you could spend, uh, what, 14 hours of your life and <laughs> do a movie marathon and watch the extended cuts. Betty B, the listeners can't see you just dog crapping all over the theatrical release uh one of the things that i like to do that we haven't been doing as much lately is talk about where these are available and actually for one of the first times the extended cuts are actually available on a streaming service you can go to max and actually watch so if you have max for things like game of thrones or house of dragons the extended releases are actually on there right now yeah it's pretty it, it's pretty wild that like for a long time those extended cuts were not available uh, on, on a streaming service. It was just the theatrical editions. And so I clung to my extended edition DVDs um, like they were my precious. Um, and yeah, it's, it's good to be able to watch those extended cuts now. Does does Netflix still have the originals on there? Um, I don't think so. I think it might have moved over to Max exclusively. Oh, no. I think Prime got them for a little while. Oh, because they were doing the TV show. Yeah, uh, they might still Maybe. be. I might still be on Prime. So it does. It does look like the theatrical cut is still on Netflix. I thought I had seen it. Um, I honestly, I would not blame somebody for spending only you know nine less than nine hours rather than fourteen hours if they were trying to watch it for the first time. Uh, but. Uh, I also think that if you watch it the other way, it might ruin it for you, which we'll get into later. Uh, but those are the, kind of the ways to watch it if you're looking to do it on a streaming service. I'm also sure that one of your friends has a copy of Lord of the Rings in their house somewhere on Blu-ray or DVD. Uh, with that being said, let's talk about our first reactions to the films. Do you remember your first time watching each of the Lord of the Rings movies, Patty B? Pretty vividly, yeah. So, um, this... Uh, my first kind of reaction to the films, I... My dad was a loan officer at the time, and his loan company would do big movie premieres. So around the early 2000s, that was some of the Harry Potter films and these Lord of the Rings films. Um, and my aunt was super huge into um, Lord of the Rings at, uh, at the time and um, actually got uh, my, my grandma, before she passed, got me um, all the books on CD. Uh, so I remember listening to it's like my first example of, of like listening to the book and then going to watch the movie. And Tom Bombadil wasn't there for you. So he wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, any of the others that kind of stick out to you outside of the fellowship? Um, yeah. So I was still like younger, right? So. 2001, 2002, 2003, like I was just turning 
like 10, 11, 12. So um, it was, I, I wasn't uh, like, we, we can go into, we'll go into a lot of it in, in like our favorite film character and stuff. But um, looking at it now, um, I have a lot more appreciation for for the films and all the um, other things that go with it. Um, rather than just the the big action fighting scenes, um, but it was it was really cool to see it in theater. Um, that's something that you know if you haven't seen it now, like it, that's not something that would generally be afforded um, unless they do like kind of re releases, which would be cool. Didn't Amazon already say they're remaking them? No, like. Um, Sometimes I I think it's like Fathom events will do like when something oh, hits oh, a certain anniversary they'll like release it in theaters. I think again. Fathom events has done the extended cuts. Oh yeah, I'm not sure, but that like I could see it. That'd be sweet. Uh, so for me, I I I don't remember vividly. I mean, I like like Patty. I was 11 when. When the fellowship came out, a little bit older. I can't believe they let you see the fellowship. That's crazy. Uh, you had to be in like seven. How old were you? I was ten. No. When the fellowship came out, I something like that. Like, I thought you were younger than your wife. Well, like nine or ten? Yeah, uh, born in ninety-two. Oh, you're not. I thought you were a lot younger than your wife. Okay. No. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so, like, hey, while hey. it it did have some frightening stuff, right? Like the Nazgul, um, and there were some pretty the, ba- the Balrog is like you know, yeah, huge and Sean Bean scene. I, so for me, I I don't. I think. I remember seeing the Balrog. I remember like some of that stuff, but I don't have like vivid memories of that movie. Um, the first time that I watched it, the Two Towers, however, was completely sold out. We had front row seats, and we showed up late. And my dad could not watch it, mm-hmm. and so we ended up uh, having to uh, wait for the next showing um, and and go there. And it it was it was fantastic. I. I feel very lucky that I got to watch the Battle of Helm's Deep on a big screen, to be honest. Um, it was funny. It was the perfect movie for a 12-year-old in a lot of ways. Um, and it, it, was, it was really fun. Uh, it was, I went with my dad and my sister. Uh, it, was, it was a really good time. It's like one of those kind of core memories for me. Um, the... Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, I think I went with either my cousin or my friends for, like, a birthday party for Return of the King, and uh, I just remember thinking it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in the whole world. Like, I thought it was legitimately, like, one of the coolest movies I'd ever seen. So, th- those are kind of, like, my very first impressions. They're they're not high level, right? Like, when you're 13 years old watching these movies, it's a lot different than uh, kind of when you're an adult. Uh, what about you? Do you have any high-level impressions from from the films and like your thoughts? Yeah, um, it's pretty wild how Peter Jackson was able to get just such an amazing cast, right? Like the the actors in this in this film, 
um, all turned out to be just fantastic and went on to do other amazing things. Um, also, we with these three movies, we also kind of got to see a little bit of the production of um, there's a pra- like a, a practical effects were still um, very much in use, and it was I think they they kind of revolutionized this CGI, right? Um, I just can't believe how long it took them to build and like use that Balrog robot. Like that was crazy. Yeah, pretty pretty wild stuff. Uh, actually, is this not like the, uh, they, 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 Guinness Book of World Records, I actually think had something in it for a long time about Smeagol and motion capture and mm-hmm. the use of it for like, like the record of bits in a movie or something to create an AI character or something like that. Is that so, something like that? Okay. I don't know. I don't think it's true anymore, but for a long time, like the way that the motion capture worked and the the CGI was completely brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's something that um, I think I think I saw an interview with with Andy Circus talking about it, where like he wasn't like excited about the project, and then like they kind of went into like what what he'd be doing, um, and you know Andy Circus. Uh, motion capture um star like uh, do you I don't think, think, when you think like, of motion capture you think, of do you think he just brings his own motion capture suits to the shoots now like <laughs> they're like hey don't forget to bring your motion capture suit we know you got one in the closet you know you know we don't have a special nah. one for you <laughs> no 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 they spend up to because he demands only the best there's a there's no. there's a comedian that uh they they are hiring leprechauns for a, a show, and they're hiring little people. And he's like, you know, and make sure to bring your, your leprechaun outfit. And he's like, dude, that's so messed up. I mean, I have one, but, like, how dare you assume <laughs> it? Uh, and I feel like that's Andy Serkis. It's like, and don't forget your motion capture suit. It's like, you guys should be providing this. I mean, I have one, you know, because this is what I do in my, fa- you know, my spare time. But Yeah. What about you? Your high, any high level impressions? Um. So, like, you know, as a, a person, I've watched these movies so many times now that, uh, really, it is, it's honestly just like impressive. Different scenes, you know. I think about, uh, you know, as a kid, that there are certain things that didn't stand out as much, like Farmer didn't stand out as much, and like we'll, we'll get into some of that stuff. But at the highest level these movies capture you in a way that I don't think a lot of movies do. Um, they're, they're, they are movie magic. Like when I hear the term movie magic, I think about things like Lord of the Rings, where you are completely taken into the film and there's, there's, it's, it is complete escapism. And I, that's something that I think that a lot of people really want when they go sit down and watch a film. Yeah, no, you really escape into the world. Um, you feel like you're part of Middle Earth. Um, and that, yeah, that does a really good job of letting you escape. I love that. Uh, what's your favorite film in the trilogy? So my favorite film 
actually used to be um you kind of talk about it as like as, as a kid it was the two towers just because the battle for Helm's Deep was so epic um i love that so much and like oh two towers has the best battles so that's that's my favorite movie but um as we you know as i've um grown up and 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 watched this film many many times um I think that now it's really the, I can see the return of the King, like why it would be, um, it has really great arguments, but I love beginnings. Um, and so kind of getting to meet everyone and like figuring out who they are happens in the fellowship of the ring. Um, and so I, I, I love that. The fellowship is, is my favorite. Yeah, mine was the same as when I was a kid. Every time I watch Return of the King, I'm like, this is one of the best movies ever made. And we, we've talked about it on the podcast. I'm a huge sucker for the final film of trilogies. I just, I love conclusions. Um, and this one does it right. Uh, just like, it's so funny because I, I, when I was watching the extended editions, there's so much of it that I was like, I could have sworn this was in the two towers. I could have sworn this was in the two towers just because so much happens in return mm-hmm. of the king. Like so much. Um, uh, I think, I think that film holds kind of like a special place uh, too, because there's, there's so many moments that, um, I don't know, make, make you, like, emotional. Um, and we'll, I don't know, we'll get into it in, like, love it's and f- favorite moments or storylines and stuff, but it's definitely the return of the king for me. Uh, who's your favorite character? Oh, I see. When we were behind the scenes, we've already recorded this, and we had to re-record, and when I took a second, Patty B gave me grief for not snapping off an answer. Now he's pretending to have to think about this. I, you know, because the, there is a snap-off answer. There is a snap-off answer, but it's not like... I, 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 he... Okay, so Aragorn is a snap-off answer. Like, that... He he is the awesome character. He's the king. Um, But I also... There are so many characters to love um, that... I was trying to find I was trying to find something else, but you're right. No, the the snap off answer is Aragorn, hands down. He's the best. Yeah. So uh, when I was a kid, it was Legolas. I, I really like the two swords. I really uh, appreciate. I don't know. I appreciate so much about Legolas. Um, his his. I know he had, he was cool. He was different. He was calm. Uh, as a kid, I really wanted to be Legolas. Um, as an adult, it's Aragorn by a lot, and there's like kind of a lot of reasons that I think people like Aragorn so much too. He has he really is like inspiring and. Um, Honestly, I I just think that um, the job done um, by uh, Vigo is 
it's wild. Like, I can't... I, I There was some grief given for some bad reasons about Lord of the Rings recently. Uh, when Magic the Gathering uh, mm. released a set on it, right? And um, because they made they made uh, Aragorn a person of color, and honestly, I, I think that there is an argument that I see Vigo when I think of this character, and so it's jarring. That doesn't mean that you can't have you know changes and like, you know new things, but I, I do think that like. When I think of Aragorn, it is hundred percent. I see, I see Vigo. Like when I listen to the audiobook, I just see him. And like that's not true when I like listen to Harry Potter audiobooks. I see the the way that I see them in my head. I don't see Daniel Radcliffe or Rupert Grant or Emma Watson. But like mm. in this scenario, I just see Vigo. And I, I gotcha. And I think that that is because he. I I want I want it. like there's there's the scene where he becomes king and he's like this isn't my day this is your day and he's so sincere when he says stuff like that and him as a character is so sincere that you know what if we're gonna have a king at least make it Aragorn you know right um, yeah no he uh, the I I can I can kind of see why like for some people that would be so polarizing it is if is if they have that picture in their mind of, of what what Aragorn is, that um, something different would be would be super jarring. Um, he's he's so stern but kind, and then like he has the action scenes, he has his you know troubled past. Um, so he's got a re- not just he's got a really deep and rich storyline. Um, yeah, I mean, like, when I played D&D, uh, I, my last character started as a bard, and then dual classed as a ranger, and, like, a huge reason why is there. I'm like, ranger, when I think ranger, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. Uh, ranger of the north. Yeah, he's so cool. Uh, what's your favorite storyline? So, I think my, one of my favorite storylines, um... I mean, I could, it, it happens mostly in Return of the King, um, is where it gets fleshed out, is is Merry and Pippin's adventures after um, taking over uh, Isengard. Right? They, they, they go on these different paths um, due to Merry looking into the Palantir um, and Sauron thinking that he's Frodo, right? Starting the whole Battle of Gondor and, you know, his, his role there, as well as Mary, um, with with Rohan wanting to um, to to fight and and be involved, um, but them writing him off and not letting him help because they they see him as lesser as a hobbit, um, and so that that really that's one of my favorite storylines of of the book is is and it it fits with a lot of the themes of of this, um you know, film and series that uh, you can find help in the, in the smallest of places. It's an unexpected journey. Um, And to not like discount or write off the other. 
Uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull up. Uh, there's an interview with. Uh, uh, why can I not find? Why can uh, so it's Billy and what is? Why can I not find? Why can I not find Mary's name? Who plays Mary? Dominic. Uh, so Billy and Dominic have an interview where they talk about the scene where they talk about the two towers and apparently they tricked them and made them think that they were going to do a scene uh, where they were going to end up naked, uh, where they like fall down these trees and their clothes somehow come off and the branches. And uh, I think they may have only tricked uh, Billy and Dominic didn't know anything about it, but it's, okay. it's a really funny interview. And I think they actually have a podcast together too, for what I it's worth. So too. Yeah. That, that's really, uh, really fun. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think that they're, you're right that like their story gets really fleshed out there, but I, I enjoy it in the two towers too. I think that, you know, when they get captured and, and throughout is, it's really interesting. Right, and um, even in the fellowship, right, where it's they they start as you know just stealing vegetables from a farmer's thing and just get kind of wrapped up in in the journey, uh, but they they like stick with it and and follow along, and so um, yeah. One of yeah. my most one of my most quoted line, most of my most quoted lines uh, from this from this franchise are said by these two. You know, they have mm-hmm. pints. I'm getting one. What about second breakfast? I don't think he knows about second breakfast, people. Like that, all that stuff is they they've got they've got they've got some bangers. Um, mm-hmm. Another another fun one. If you get the chance, I know it's on your um, your extended edition DVDs, Patty B. Um, there's an inner. There's a time where Dominic actually fake interviews. Uh, like does there's they're doing interviews for the the films, right? And it's mm-hmm. on it's on the special features where Dominic pretends to be this German person and interviews. Um, it's really funny. You have to watch it uh, and interviews uh, Elijah. And uh, I showed it to Devonair the other night, and she's cracking up. It is it is hysterical. Um, you could really tell why these actors all got along so well, like spending this time together. And I think you know the the way that the, the that Billy and Dominic act is like a huge reason, and you can see that in their storyline. I think. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite storyline. That I actually think this changed because I just for behind the scenes, I just watched the extended editions for this podcast for the first time in my entire life. I'd never watched them before, and I think my favorite storyline changed because of it. Uh, and it is the story of Formir, Barmir, and um, it's really those two. Like, nothing really changed about, like, my opinion of, what's the king's name? Uh, Denethor. Yeah, my, my opinion of Denethor didn't change at all. But, like, my opinion of Boromir completely shifted due to a scene added in the extended editions. I, uh, and we'll, we'll get into this. There, I actually do have some could-be-betters about things removed from the film. 
Um, but what would your favorite storyline be if you hadn't seen the extended editions? What was it before that? Um. Uh, I was kind of curious. That's a good question. It was either. It was either uh, Pippin's storyline, kind of like mm-hmm. I just think that he he is very he's very heroic for a guy that is basically a, I mean he's like a child, isn't he? Basically, when they're going on this adventure, like by I'm, Hobbit I'm... standards. Or like a teenager, basically. They're all kind of teenagers, I think. Well, not not Frodo, right? Because Frodo's like seventy or something. I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he his his was one of them, and I don't know. I I think it was either that the the there's it was either that or um. Aragorn's, but it's it's mm. definitely that that family and that dynamic. And as a kid, I didn't really understand what a steward was, why these people didn't get along, why there mm-hmm. was bad beef between Aragorn. Like I understood that Aragorn was supposed to be the king and that the dad was a jerk, but like I didn't quite get it. Like the 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 family aspect, the um. The loyalty aspect, there's there's a lot that I didn't understand. And as an adult, when I watch it, I'm like, dude, this dad is a jerk. And, you know, there's the... And you don't see that side of Boromir, where Boromir and Faramir are... In the scene, they're, they're talking about how their dad's a jerk. Like, they're like, yeah, he sucks, I'm really sorry. And, like, they're 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 friendly. And if you watch the theatrical cut, you actually never see them together as brothers, and so you don't see that that those moments. Um, so, so to me, like being able to see that really makes me like Boromir, and that you know understand like okay, he's tempted by the ring and the pressure from his father, and he's actually just actually a good dude. He's not like some jerk. Yeah. So. One does one does not simply be a jerk. Oh man, that was that was uh, D minus on that one, Daddy. B. Ah. That was bad. Uh, okay, before we wrap up with Cody Veterans and Lovitz, I gotta know outside of the films, like what's your favorite piece of media that spun off the the film spun off, like a video game, uh, a, a board game, a card set, a you know what mm-hmm. what what is it? So, there was a lot of merchandise, merchandising, merchandising, surrounding uh, The Lord of the Rings. Um, one of my favorite, there were two of my favorite things were, um, I had a Lord of the Rings chess set. Where, um, like, the, the all, there's a lot of characters um, as, as chess pieces. Um, and so, that was really cool. It was really, like, super deluxe kind of. Not like glass level, but like high high quality plastic chess pieces, um, and the only like video game I played. Oh my gosh! I just realized. Sorry, uh, my yeah. friend had that. We used to play chess on it all the time. I didn't realize they were the glass ones. 
It, they, it wasn't glass. Oh, it wasn't the glass ones. No, it was high, high quality plastics. Okay, my friend had a glass one, and I just realized. Oh that wow! We, that we used to. They were like, uh, they were really cool. They were like dusty, like um, it was clear and like um, what's the like um. I don't know, like a foggy glass, like fro- like frosted. Yeah, frosted and clear, and they were sweet. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Then the as far as like the video games, um, I did not end up playing a lot of them. However, um, I I did play um the slasher kind of D and D party, um, uh, Return of the King. I played a bunch of that game, um, and that was really fun. That game is so good. I mean, all all three of them are great. To be honest, they have one for each each film. Um, I, it's funny. I plan on replaying those because of the recording this podcast. Uh, I think that they're they're really fun. They're just also great multiplayer games. So, <laughs> like, if you uh, are able to play like with with your wife or with a you know a significant other or your kids, they're really fun. Like. They're just like these, this this hack and slash uh, mobs game that goes through the film in a really fun way. Anything else? Yeah, definitely. Th- those are those are my my two favorite pieces of of media. Yeah, so uh, love the chess set. We should do a need to nerd chess with Matthew Kling, former host of CC. He's a huge chess nerd. Uh, he I'm is... not a chess nerd. That's okay, <laughs> it, but we both like chess, and that'd be fun. It's true. Yeah. Um, I, I, so for me, my all-time favorite piece of media to come from the films is the video game Lord of the Rings The Third Age, uh, available on uh, Xbox, PS2, GameCube, and Game Boy Advance, although the Game Boy Advance version is very, very different. Um, if you play it on one of the major consoles, it is a turn-based RPG that follows a group of adventurers... Uh, kind of another fellowship that follow the other fellowship through the story. Um, you get additional con- tons of bonus content, uh, tons of cutscenes and uh, videos and explanations about different characters like Gladrell and uh, Gimli, like behind the scenes stuff. Uh, Ian McKellen, I believe, does the voice that that gives you all of the extra information. It's really cool. Um, so that's the, awesome. Yeah, the Battle of Helm's Deep is super epic. You actually get to fight alongside. Uh, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli during the Battle of Helm's Deep. It, it is a very amazing game. Um, is it available? Do you know if it's on Game Pass? It is not on Game Pass. It is also That's... not playable on Xbox One. It is also not backwards compatible for the Xbox. Um, ah, rats. I am thinking of picking up a GameCube version because I have a GameCube uh, Wii. Mm, um, okay. So... But I would never tell you to Google ways to play Xbox games uh, on your computer. Never. And then maybe if, like, Google uh, ROM, Lord of the Rings, the the, the Third Age, that I, that would be wrong. Um, I definitely don't, like, click, like, the first three links to make sure that you're getting, uh, you know, a good version of that. That would be, that would be terrible, Patty B. Um, I, I do think that, like, I will probably replay that game and do a review of it. Um, it's, it's really fun. I own, I own a copy of it. I just can't play it on my Xbox. Right. Um, 
But outside of that, like that one's my favorite. Those those hack and slash games that you talked about, they're really fun, really uh, really good ways to experience the story. Um, and then uh, Lord of the Rings Monopoly was one that we played a lot of. That was really fun too. I really liked all the the spinoff stuff for that. Oh, so like the Shire was a, a place you could own in Monopoly. Yeah, I, like... I can't remember it, like what the all the areas were, and I don't even remember like what the One Ring did. But I also think the One Ring it came with the One Ring, and I think it did something. But it was interesting. It was okay. fun. It was a good time. Uh, cool. What are your could be betters for this trilogy? <laughs> so not a lot of could be betters. Uh, got a pretty high rating on this one. Um, for me, and others might not share this opinion, um, but I think that the studio was kind of cowardice in not just releasing them all as the extended cut. Um, I think that a, there's a lot of story. I mean, you said your favorite storyline and it gets fleshed out in the ex- extended cuts. Like It wouldn't be your favorite storyline otherwise. Um, uh, it's very true for The Return of the King, um, less so in, in the Fellowship, um, but definitely in the Twin Towers as well. Today I learned that Patty B wanted this movie to fail in the theater so that we couldn't see the extended editions anyway. Uh, I I have changed my mind since we recorded last time. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have any good betters. Yeah. I I yeah we'll get into it later, but I I don't have any good betters. Um. What's going to love it? What are your, some of your favorite things about in this trilogy? You know, um, I love Gimli's uh, comedy. Like, it's it always feels just time just right for a one liner. Um, his character is a lot more more than that, but. Um, I always loved uh, him and Legolas's um, kill-off counts, right? Like them counting how many orcs they they off and um, making that a competition. Um, I, I I love those like friendly competitions between friends. That's all your love it. There, there are so many. We can. I was kind of think we could popcorn them. Oh, popcorn them. Okay. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, I really loved, man, I was like trying to get my thoughts together. Now I'm popcorning. Uh, you got me. Um, I really loved the dragon in the fellowship, the the fireworks. That scene is like Mm -hmm. that. If there's anything I vividly remember from the fellowship, it is actually that exact moment. Where that dragon comes out and like the line where it's like, "There hasn't been a dragon in blah blah blah." Like the that that whole thing is really great. I love how quotable the movie is too. Like I right. just I quote this movie these these the movie these this trilogy a lot. Um, and you know, especially with my wife who also really loves the trilogy. So, what about you? What's your well, next one? Uh, what were you, what were your favorite? Uh, I think did you say what you're most quoted? Or is it like the second ones? second breakfast is definitely the most quoted. I also will say like. Stupid friend Herbertsons. Pretty often. Yeah, that was something that, like, I think everyone kind of found their their Gollum voice too, um, with that. And 
I would always spook my sister with that. She hated it whenever, and it would just be random, random times. I would just sleep into the princess. Um, that was a, that was a fun part of it. Um, I think my most quoted um has to be like po- potatoes, boil them up, mash them, put them in a stew. Because um, I love eating potatoes, and um, I think that's how you know that. That Smeagol's a bad guy is that he doesn't. He's not about the potatoes. He's not like potatoes. Like what the heck? Um, and I was like, well, what are we waiting for? Or, let's find some. Let's find some food. I I, I think <laughs> Very food related. I, I think that there are so many uh, good ones. I mean, I know that you will quote the wizard one pretty often. I have done that recently. Um, some people I followed on Twitter were like, yeah, Wizard is never late. He arrives precisely when he means to. Mostly because I also kind of have a, a slight problem with being on time, you know. So, uh, this Wizard is never late. He arrives precisely when he means to. Um, That's not true about you. You don't arrive precisely when he means to. Uh, what's your next love it? Uh, my next love it... I love, 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 um, I, I love the, the love story with, um, Arwen and, um, Aragorn. Uh, I loved seeing, and I think you mentioned this before, that, uh, it was, you didn't realize that, uh, her giving him her life was a flashback, um, so it had some weird, like a weird tonal shift during that. Um, but you, you see a lot yeah, so more. Like, and Honestly, the first like 15 times I watched that, I was like, I just don't understand why this is right here. Like, why are they shifting like this? I never realized it was a flashback. In fact, I had to listen to a podcast about Lord of the Rings for them to say it was a flashback. <laughs> and all of a sudden I was like, like what? oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Um love the battles, right? I think it's it's hard to to talk about these films without without the um the battles and um I, I think it gave us a lot of iconic things. Like we never think uh I think we talked about this the other week where um The Lord of the Rings has given us that we, we I'm gonna describe it, where we don't. When someone comes to save, like Gandalf comes to save the day with the Riders of Rohan um, at the Battle of Helm's Deep, we always associate any any time a character does that uh, in any story. We we think of this moment as the the reference point for that, which is which is pretty icon- iconic. So uh, I have a I have a kind of another one that I did not realize when watching the films. Um, do you, do you know like who, what, what Aragorn is and like what Isildur are? What they are. Yeah. Why like, do they live so much longer than other humans? Do you know? Yeah. They're, they're like a special like race of, of people. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Aragorn is actually related to, uh, Elrond. So, uh, what happens is 
there are these there uh, an elf falls in love with a human mm-hmm. and their kids they have two kids uh, and their kids get to decide whether they want eternal life or mortality and the ones that choose mortality uh, go through that's that's the line in which Aragorn is from he is mm-hmm. from Elrond. the Dunedain yes um, and that was not something that was apparent, but I also think that it it is we it means that his daughter is giving up the choice to be immortal that he took, that his family line took, mm-hmm. and giving it to the other family or trying to give it to the other family line in some way. And I think that 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 is significant uh, to Elrond. Oh, when our when our one yes. makes that decision. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was going back to the love story thing. I was trying to look up what they were the dude they were called, but that was something mm-hmm. I didn't know watching the films that gives a lot of context to that moment. Yeah, for sure. There, I mean, it, it's so deep that we're still finding a lot of these things out. You know, twenty something years later. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, my next love it for what it's worth. Uh, is is probably the attack on Isengard. Um, that scene is so with the ants. Yeah, that scene is so cool. Yeah, and like we haven't even mentioned Treebeard yet, but what a funny character! He's so funny. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, the the whole the whole forest and, and them them taking their time. That it, it's it's a funny premise that like. The trees move slowly. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that totally tracks. Uh, Treebeard's great. Um, I... I kind of... I kind of wish we saw a little little more of him. I think in, in the books, he's a he's a bigger character. And then I think they, like, kind of go back to... To that. But, um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I almost forgot. I almost forgot about that scene, um, and that was one of those. Another one of those just crazy. The crazy visuals in in these films, whether it's the bat, like all these battles, or um, uh, I, I think of like the the scene with Shelob, um, the, the the spider webs and, and carcasses, um, just some really jarring, awesome visuals. What about you? What's your next love it? Um, I love so Sam. Many during the... I know, I know. Um, I do love Sam. It's a he's uh, he's a lot of people's favorite character. Um, and I I can I can definitely relate with the I'd do anything for my best friend. Um, and goes through a lot as far as um being <laughs> again just being Frodo's gardener getting wrapped up in this whole thing. You know, he he's he's actually the the force that makes them like it's like we did what we set out to do, right? Like let's go back home. Um and that Sam I love that Sam has a life to live after. Yeah. Uh, which is not something for Frodo. But Yeah. That I, he get, I love that he gets the opportunity to have a family. I love the uh the moments between Sam and Gandalf in the first mm-hmm. film. 
And then just overall, mm-hmm. like, I think we haven't mentioned Gandalf a ton, but I think that Ian McKellen crushes the role, and, like, um, there are lots of really good Gandalf moments. Uh, you know, when he uh, saves Theoden, when he, uh, you know, battles the Balrog, um, there's there's lots of really good ones. Uh, when he smacks uh, Denethor in the face. Uh, oh, right. With, uh, with the staff. What? Uh, to, to you know, bring him to when he's saving Faramir, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, also, yeah. when he knocks him out, is also pretty great. Um, yeah, there's some good ones. Uh, we haven't mentioned uh one of my biggest ones though that I want to make sure that we mention the um when weirdly my favorite moment is not everybody else's favorite moment, but I really really like it when uh Arwen chops off the Felby's head. Like it's so satisfying. Oh right, chop and then chop and then slice. It's so great. Yeah, that that whole battle with the which the Witch King, right? Um, it's 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 part of. It, it's kind of tied into Mary's storyline a, a bit, where Arwen's the one who, um, is like you can ride with me. Yeah. Um, and our our just a, a major like female badass moment. Yeah, I really like watching the ghosts go up. Uh, up Minas Tirith, um, mm, mm-hmm. as they as they win that battle, that part's really cool. So, yeah. Uh, let's rate each film. Uh, we'll rate each on a scale of zero to five. Uh, where did you think of the Fellowship of the Ring? Oh, oh, each film individually. Yep, and then we'll rate the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, I would give I would give the fellowship a five too. Uh, what are the two mm-hmm. towers? Five for the two towers. Interesting, interesting. I would I would also give the two towers a five. Would you give that Return of the King six? Okay, a six. It's uh, a five. It's a five. I'll, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five. Uh, what would you rate the the trilogy? A fifteen because we've given it three five stars. Yeah, I I rate it a five as well, and honestly, like. Um, it's not my favorite trilogy, but I can recognize that it's the best trilogy. (laughs) 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 Like, it done did a good job. If you want to talk about Lord of the Rings, head on over to the Discord. Let us know how you would rate this trilogy in each of those films. And tell us your favorite character and the favorite things that you've done from the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, You can like, subscribe, and review. It does help out the show a ton. We really appreciate everybody who's been listening. Um, and we will, uh, you can find me at something H, you can find Patty at PattyBMTG. Don't forget to check out the Discord, let Patty B know if you want to join that fantasy football, uh, group. And we have, we have a lot of stuff coming up. We're, this is episode 99 out of 100. Uh, we ho- hope to have some big plans for episode 100, so be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, um, this episode's coming out late, and the next one also will probably come out late because we gotta yeah. coordinate. But we'll see everybody next time for episode 100 of the Need to Nerd podcast.